Saturday. What day is it today? Wednesday. Exactly. I'm Glenn Falconstein with Falcon Screen, and we are joined by Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Yo! And freelance writer and critic for Rotten Nehru. Hello, hello, people. It is a Wednesday indeed. It is a Wednesday, and we are covering two films this week, both streaming, uh, before we get back to movies in cinemas, hopefully very soon. We were talking about waiting to see Annette come cinemas. We do want to review that, but we want to see it on the big screen. I think it'll be probably the first film I see on big screen once things open on October 11th. Definitely. Yeah, there's Freedom Day if they're billing it for New South Wales. So. Well, they're not billing it that way. They're billing it as uh, <laughs> restrictions lifting down other things, but restrict uh, significant restrictions are at the current stage looking to lift on October 11th. So one of the things we're doing is going to make cinemas, but for the moment, it's all streaming. Before we, So what we are covering this week is Worth, which is streaming on Netflix, and The Mad Woman's Ball, which is streaming on Amazon. Before we do that, we want to talk quickly about News of the Week. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is screening online from the 1st to the 31st of October. The Made in the West program has an online networking night um, right after our show next week, so the night of Wednesday the 6th, something to tune in for for Western Sydney filmmakers. The Japanese Film Festival program has been released. That will be coming out in cinemas and online nationally, in cinemas later in the year, but also online nationally for the period of the 15th to 21st of November. And the Setting Sun Film Festival is having has its entries open. It's at Melbourne's beautiful Yarraville Cinema, honestly one of the best cinemas in the country. So one to check out and one to see if you can get one of your short flicks in. And yep, so let's go straight into the movies. The first film we are talking about is Worth. Worth is starring Michael Keaton, Amy Ryan, and Stanley Tucci. It is based on the true story of the solicitor and partners who ran, appointed by Congress, the the determination to to compensate individuals and families who lost close ones in the September 11 attacks. And this involves making assessments as to the worth of individuals and the controversies surrounding this related to um, who was entitled to the funds, um, the emotional residents, um, earn issues regarding controversies regarding relative earning capacity, but also the what are the great dramatic flourishes of the film and true to life is that in order for any funds to be paid out, the 80% of the potential claimants had to agree that they would not otherwise sue. And this follows uh, from the perspective of the solicitor, this um, true to life story. Uh, before I comment on what this film is, I'd like to comment on what it isn't. Uh, this could have been a really flashy film. I kept thinking of the moment, not that this elements or scenes are at all comparable, but at the beginning of Batman Superman, there's the very dramatic scene where um, for Rashomon style, Batman sees the fight between Zod and Superman and he runs towards Wayne Enterprises. This could have had a similar scene, uh, not true to life, where the Michael Keaton character was close to ground zero and uh, was running to or away from it or something to that effect. But in fact, no, he saw this from very afar in a more real to life way and was very removed and then had to bring himself by consequence the narrative much closer to the action. Whenever we see Michael Keaton, we just can't stop ourselves from subconsciously veering towards Batman, can we? I feel yeah, it's not unfair. It's still, it's still his, it's still his most associated role. He did well. It was yeah, great. He's, he's my Batman. He's our Batman. He's our Birdman. But he's uh, picking up a new kind of typecast here because when I was watching this, I couldn't help but just think of Spotlight. Like it's it just the kind yes, of proceed. 
sorry he's, i'd say his best modern film mm. well he, he this not just spotlight but also uh the founder right i yeah, like he, the founder but i there was just some so many kitschy elements to it. like the scene i, I love all the, the performers but linda connelly saying check out this we've got this new four milkshake and, and it's yeah, like there, there are a lot of kitschy elements in this film too by the way yes this is a very kitschy film I, I kind of think you're, it, it, you're it, completely right, right when you say the founder as well, because they're different characters, but I saw Keaton as kind of just doing a shtick across all these yeah. films. Like he's developing a kind of character in his latter performances that he can just fall back on this kind of twitchy um, accent driven, you know, I'm just a reasonable guy kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, persona. The, the, the eccentric genius. They were Stanley Tucci. They both yeah. felt like they were doing shticks of their usual stuff in this film. Stanley Tucci after like the horrible supernova with, with Colin Firth. Yeah. But also equally <laughs> melodramatic. Is this here is like, oh well, you know, I need to see the paycheck again. <laughs> okay. I look I'll actually guys, we have a fight. I loved this film. Okay, really? Yes, we can fight about oh. it. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm surprised. Is, is, is it because it's a legal film? Uh, Glenn's a legal persona is just like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to speak to that. But before I do, I, I want to agree on something. And that's the Stanley Tucci element. Uh, like, that's actually, that's a little unfair. I think he's great in this. I think he's good in the vast majority of films. He does Supernova being an exception. On him being an auto- The horrible power. Supernova. It was horrible. It just wasn't. There's just many, many, many yeah. better films made of the same genre, the same sort of story every year. Every the, the amount of people who loved that film was just annoying to me. It was strange. Anyway, we've we've covered Supernova. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding this film, I think Stanley Tucci is good. There's one scene that actually, which I liked, but still annoyed me. Um, it's at the Opera House where he's using the metaphor of a bridge to expand belonging and community. And this annoyed me because I watched Margin, or I, I've seen Margin Call, and there's also a scene in that film where Stanley Tucci uses a bridge metaphor, which he very much cared about to explain mm. community and belonging to another character. Come on, guys. Is there like a blank space in the script? He's like, insert bridge metaphor here. Do you think that Stanley Tucci read over that bit and went, you've just copied Margin Call? I'm, I think so. He, he would have known. He, the, no, the, the writer probably saw Margin Call, a un, really underrated movie, and mm. thought, hmm, I, I, I can do the same thing. And the metaphor's not as good. Well, look, that kind of thing, this film being probably put together from bits from other movies as opposed to um, original thoughts or um, much detail over the events it's actually representing, wouldn't surprise me at all. Because to me, it this felt very surface level. I wanted to know in much more depth about what Michael Keaton is actually doing in the... I, I am because it's really as I saw it numbed down in this film. He's getting visited by people who who uh, say you're being you're paying everybody out the same amount of money. Um, do you think a human life is worth more based on how much you or whatever? That that's a, this is about the level it's discussed at, and characters are endlessly um, just so you get why the film is titled that saying especially Stanley Tucci's character. What is a human life worth? Exactly. It's like 21 grams. What is a human life worth? But anyway, okay. 21 grams as it were. Um, 
it, yeah, it, it just seems to be happening at this like Hollywood Oscar speechy kind of level where they're debating this kind of nebulous concept about what is a human life worth. Whereas I want to know the actual details about how the, you know, it, th there's not actually that much conflict or drama because throughout the movie that they're, they're saying, do this thing. And he's like, well, I can just follow the law. Um, and they say, yeah, well, you can make your own laws. And he's like, yeah. And that's the conflict. All right. I dis I disagree. I disagree. Okay. okay. What I liked about this is that I watch a lot of legal dramas, whether it's television, whether it's film, what always frustrates me a little is that so much of it is based on the courtroom. Um, most lawyers don't spend a great deal amount of time in the courtroom as uh, fiction represents. I spend a lot more time, have spent a lot more time in courtrooms in these similar environments that are lawyers and, uh, and significantly, and having said that, most of my time as a solicitor has not been spent in a courtroom. The drama happens outside of the courtroom often. Drama happens relationally with individuals, with clients. I didn't mind those sorts of conversations because I think it was very true to life, this environment. I don't think this is a situation, I think this is a situation and the drama explains it, how he was surprised and how surprised that he was found in it. Um, we're talking about a character who is used to dealing with a lot of class actions, but at the great remove, um, 10 to 15 years after the fact and very odd for more, he formulated and managed it in an abstract way. This is very different. He had to do this immediately after the events of September 11. This is very raw. Um, this is also a very New York film. This is very important. There's a New York character dealing with New York issues. And I think more to the aspect of legal drama broadly, I think in any industry, in any space, individuals can find that in order to cope with stress, in order to cope with um, high, high, impact, high impact situations or important situations or situations where they where what they do can have an impact on other people's lives, that it can help to treat it ritualistically in an abstract way as numbers. Um, this is a person who statedly finds that he, to, in order to do what he wants to do for people, that he needs to do this. We established at the very beginning, he's a good guy, he's just trying to do the right thing. He offers to do this pro bono. He does, he says, I do this because I want to serve my country. It's established for me that he's a good guy, he's trying to do the right thing, and mm. here's how he wants to, how I managed to, to do it. The conflict comes in that, in addition to learning intelligence, in addition to the intelligence he already clearly has, he needs to be able to express outward emotional empathy. Not that he doesn't have this, but the ability to express this um, is something that is holding back his ability to do his job in this instance. That's very powerful. I mean, that's something I think a lot of people experience in different spheres and something I don't see recreated on film very much. I guess I just didn't think uh, those conflicts were so well drawn out and mapped out because um, I can see that now that you you describe it, you know, like the, the conflict of his having to um, find a, you know, build a bridge to create a new bridge metaphor here and uh, communicate with people who've gone through a huge amount of loss. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, my issue was uh, it's it's not that, that like, the, sorry. Look, A, I think this is a very legally complex film, right? It, it no, but, but it's not a particularly legally complex no, film. It's, it's, it's a particularly not, okay. legally, it's a particularly legally complex case. But this this conflict that you're describing, Glenn, of um, you know needing to find a bridge to people, needing to find a way to communicate, um, it is present in the narrative, but it's not particularly drawn out as a um, in a way that I, that I think it is especially compelling. And Keaton's a great actor; he could easily 
um, maybe it needs to be more addressed in in this the script and it's mostly the acting that's bringing it out in the film as it is I'm not sure but um, I think it is and I'm happy to use examples where I think it works really effectively um, the assistant solicitor who he works with who was in who was who worked in the in the in the World Trade Center complex and it was there on the day of the September 11 attacks and the emotional and how she explains to him I'm have this emotional this is how I'm someone who more outwardly emotionally relates to people. This is how I cope with this, is how I process this role. And I believe that's how of benefit to me. And um, there's one, there's many families we see him interact more regularly with one family in particular uh, regarding a lady and a, who lost a husband and his brother. And we see their, the relationship evolve and how he interacts with them change throughout the film. So I yeah. think there are instances of this. But um, I guess, like I said, just seeing that as his primary kind of motivator or the main thing that kind of shifts for his character throughout the film, I don't find that compelling. It's seemingly here where it's like, let's focus on individual characters um, and uh, relationship dynamics, but to really get a, a handle for what the pressure is and what the struggle is, I prefer the approach of actually giving me a large amount of details on the case. You know, at past a certain point where we're seeing all these different 9-11 victims um, or associated people speaking, I feel like the scenes are just, you know, here's the heart of the film. Here's, here's the, the point that um, he's missing about what a human life is worth. It's just kind of like yeah. working at a surface level. Um, I mean, and I, I get it on that level. I want to understand it on a more deep level. And um, I think that ultimately, given what an interesting thing is at play, this protagonist isn't and this quandary isn't that compelling or it is but it hasn't been made so by the script um, i mean okay let's let me clarify it. what i meant was uh when i said yeah this is a legally complex case but the f you're right mm. but the film doesn't treat it that way and 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 the problem with me is okay this film had one or two ways of going about it one is either be a courtroom drama and it be, becomes a very you know legally cerebrally involving film or instead it becomes a much more, you know, uh, sort of tangentially, what, what are these threads actually about kind of film and shows the latter perspective. But what I really feel, uh, and I think maybe this is a testament to how audiences aren't really dumb, is that if you even do an information overload about legal mumbo jumbo or jargon, I don't think that necessarily complicates a film. It just gives me more context to operate in. I mean, which um, I think the film did not do. So I feel there were moments where the film went into details as to particular actuarial conflicts he's experiencing. Um, on one hand, you had an amazing scene where the number of people from an, who were not very well off who were absolutely thrilled to find that the bare minimum they, that they would receive per family member loss was 200,000 versus a scene with uh, individuals who were representing the upper echelons of CEOs who passed away in the attacks and how they wanted more and more. But then there's also a wonderful nuance to the scene. Um, it would be very easy to portray these individuals as just greedy Wall Streeters, but no, they were portrayed as people who had suffered loss and wanted, just like everyone else, their loss actualized. And remember, we're not just dealing with individuals throughout the film who say, I want, I want um, X amount of money. I think I'm worth X amount of money. And with, a lot of it comes down to people who, who don't necessarily want the money, but just want to be recognized, who want 
to it to be an acknowledgement rather than the dollar value of the what the, the the person's their last life was worth to them. So you have a lot of different motivations happening here, which Keenan has to factor into. I would have I, I grant you, yes, I would have liked a little bit more of a I'm, I'm not an economist, but I would like a little more an actuarial approach as to here's how we calculate Joe versus Dan versus Jim. Mm. Um, but this... That's what I, it's really feel, all about. But, but I feel this did play out in also the elements as regards uh, conflicts as to who benefits, whether it be um, someone who is the partner, whether it be parents, how do persons in LGBTQI plus relationships fare in the circumstance, um, some particularly tragic circumstances there, particularly as regards Virginia law, as the, uh, my old state, as the film um, very sadly makes clear. And I liked, I, I liked those approaches. I think the film, I justified, I think they did it well. Um. So. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, I just don't feel or even um, have many associated thoughts with this film. Yeah, that's kind of my views on the next one. Um, I, I would, wow, whoa, okay. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, 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 did, I did have some strong feelings in this one. Look, all, all, I, all I would say is that um, in legal environments, particularly at least from my perspective, but I think for a lot of individuals in a lot of spaces, uh, there can be an ease with treating things in an abstract form, in a number numeric form, ritualistically, but and I've simply found that in order to do roles I've held effectively that I and to relate to people that I can't do that. And I need to go beyond that. This is something that I experienced in a different form. And um, I like that the journey that Keaton experiences something that I think is true to life for a lot of people, but and in this circumstance in a very dramatic, in a very raw and a very high profile way. And I, I liked the film for that. It's one I'd recommend for that reason. If this sounds like something that you have experienced your life or that um, is, is, is important to you. I, and I, I, and the side, I, I think this film was timed for the 20th anniversary of the September 11 attacks. And I think it was, I think it was respectful. I think it, it took an approach to this history that uh, we hadn't really seen in popular culture and that what didn't have early dramatic cultures again there wasn't a scene of michael keaton um uh, uh, close to battery park and then second night they showed him from far away it's an example of just a nuanced realistic way to relate the story as a lot of people did experience it 20 years ago i certainly remember and um i liked it for that it's one i'd recommend i mean all i'm going to say is that yeah of all the netflix films that have been coming out uh, if I were to watch this one again, I wouldn't mind. But yeah, that's, that's high praise for a Netflix movie right now. I just feel the strain of making this into a movie. It felt like very much like square peg round hole kind of thing. Making it into a very formula template, signposted, emotionally accessible. Yeah, I, it, it was very, very, very Hollywood. I, I just agree for the reasons stated. All right, that is Worth. It is now streaming on Netflix. You're listening to Film Fight Club on 2CR with Glenn Falkenstein, Chris Evans, and Virat Nehru. Next film we are talking about is The Mad Woman's Ball, which premiered at TIFF and is now streaming on Amazon. It stars Lou Delage and Melanie Laurent. It is about a woman played by Delage in France, the late 18th century, who is committed to an asylum after she makes clear to her family that she sees dead people. It is about her experience in the asylum and her relationship with the persons who are held there, but also in particular, a nurse played by Laurent. Um, Bharat, what did we think? 
Yeah, I, I really like this film because firstly, I saw it first at TIFF. So maybe my experience of attending a very first film festival this year, and I was very excited and I could watch movies again, marred my perception of how good or bad this movie is. But at the same time, I was just like, oh, this, this, this looks good. And I hadn't seen any of Laurent's earlier directorial ventures. So it was, it was very fresh to me that oh, she could direct. And this is a quite an aptly directed film as well. But what I did enjoy was that it takes a premise, which is very gothic in nature, a sound seeker territory. And then it puts some social commentary on it, which is not too on the nose, but it also does melodrama pretty well. But it does go into melodramatic territory towards the end, especially towards the climax, where it is looking at how the misogynistic gaze, and it basically plays out, let's say, you know, that those scenes from The Handmaiden where uh, there, there was this old man showing off uh, grotesque stories towards a room full of men. You have almost a similar sequences within the asylum where you have, uh, you know, the, the person in charge, you know, essentially trying to prove that these women are essentially mad, aka hysterical or doing crazy things, but basically they're for the titillation for other men present. So it, it had a very interesting premise about how this asylum was transformed into a, you know, mad woman's kind of titillation territory for a showpiece, mantelpiece. Uh, effect. I know the handmaid's tale episode you're referring to, yeah. Yeah, but, um, it did work. But that's me. just one of many threads in this. I story. agree. It, it has a lot of things going on and all of the things tie up. There's too much going on. They're just too like, much. yeah. I, I also, and maybe it's just my love for Gothic, and not every film has to be Gothic, but I think this was a real missed opportunity to go really full-blown Gothic. Uh, whether I think so too, actually. Settings, the, I, I, look, this setting, as as in like the actual mansion, I reckon, and a lot of the other settings, we recognize these from a lot of, a lot of other things. Punch. That, that, that's fine. That, that no, I, 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 I don't mean yeah, the premise. It was not bad. It was not punch bad. Like, I know, I it's not when I say like, the I setting, to be very clear, I actually mean the set itself. There's a lot of yeah, the yeah, sets yeah. itself we recognize from a lot of the films. No, this is not The film is, no, it's not. And given the mansion, given the costuming, given the setting, the time, the period it could have gone for gothic if that was the directional choice they didn't want to go fine but if you're I, I feel if you're if you read the premise as a gothic fan and go into this you probably will be disappointed this film probably isn't for you it's not what you might expect if you look if you're out there seeking for um cure for wellness style gothic uh craziness you go into this expecting um probably a heavier supernatural angle with the, the way it's being sold. Um, and I actually like the way that the film leaves whether the supernatural plays any real part in this story ambiguous. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, that's, I think, is the only really smart way to tell this story, because I think by saying, oh, but the powers are real, it sort of cheapens perhaps the experience of a lot of people who were in, you know, um, institutions like this because of delusions potentially and it, it sort of changes the, the story about um, it, it removes the point of even if you are having delu you know supernatural delusions does that mean you should be in the center um, you know does that mean that this kind of the treatment is, is justified um, and the sense the film comes to that obviously it isn't um, Maybe you think of Nellie Bly and why aren't there more films about her? And um, yeah, which, which is to say that uh, other narratives, just one does not have absolute value. I think, look, this is this is an interesting story. Uh, this is one, it is, but yeah, it's it's which angle on the story, you know, because you've got 
um, from the outset that there's the the supernatural drama. Does this girl really have the ability to speak to spirits? Um, You've got the idea of faith and to what extent faith is relevant. That's and right. Resonance and should inform your life. Yeah, and you've got kind of prison movie plots coming up with some of the guards are sympathetic to her. She's being put in solitary confinement and given yeah, cool kind of treatment. Yeah, can she engage with her brother? Yeah, can she make a, a connection with the guards? Will that assist her? Um, yeah, as you say, the relationship with her brother, um, the relationship between the guards, and then at the end, this rather huge thing to drop at the ending of this um, ball of sexual depravity involving disabled women um yeah there's too much going on in here and and i i don't think it it um really took flight as a gothic story as it could have if some of the relationships were focused on more i think um it, this movie feels like it it's an early draft and it, it needs um to be honed in on more apparently it's a novel adaptation so i wonder if some of the things that seem to be hinted at here like more of a relationship with the brother um, are just victims of the adapting process. But as it is, it feels kind of like a film without a center that's just floating between different plot threads. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of it, which I think it does work, and I think the strongest elements of the film are when it's trying to do some kind of social commentary around how a lot of women were committed uh, into institutions when they probably didn't need to or have to. And then the institutions themselves perpetuated a lot of their uh, perceived gaslighting, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think, but there are other films which have done it better, clearly. But I still thought that that was their, the film's attempted center, whether it exceeded, succeeded or not, is mm. something that we can probably discuss. But I thought that those elements were quite nice. And I think it does speak to a, a real part of history, which was interesting. Well, the, the, the gaslighting element is an interesting one. It's just one that has been dealt with across so many films and one that isn't actually core to the narrative of this film. There's a lot more that is else going on here, which is central to her story and which I think is interesting in and of its own. And I wonder if this is an element that was included uh, because it is of interest, but it didn't, it just wasn't as fleshed out as any number of the strands going to be, including the, the core strands of this. There's just, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a two hour movie. There's a great deal happening the pro and it becomes very plot driven. Let's be very clear. This is a story that starts incredibly character driven and moves to very plot driven. That's uh, and, and that's always a problem for me because it means uh, more than the characters decisions and actions moving things it's the nature of the circumstance and i appreciate this is very much a story about things being beyond your control but i feel where they introduce elements of here's how she's interacting with individuals inside um that there's a more interesting tangent which the film sets up but then doesn't follow through on yeah, yeah. i mean uh as chris alluded to as well there are certain uh, sort of threads around treatment of uh, disabled women and others, you know, other people and other kind of uh, uh, the, the probably alleged sexual assault that's happening, which is very, very clearly alluded to. And other kind of oh, yeah, it's more than alluded to. It's much I mean, more I, than I was, alluded I was to, right much to more than that. alleged. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so, it is happening. You know, so uh, a lot of these threads, which are obviously very serious, and it's a very serious film, but then it veers into melodramatic territory and kind of takes away from that seriousness as well. So there is the element of tone which kind of jars at moments as well because you're never quite sure whether to treat the film as a very serious, very serious issue film about what it's addressing or it's 
a melodramatic soap opera, which kind of becomes towards the end. Well, I didn't feel a melodramatic turn as much. It's not a, it's, I, I don't think it's so much melodramatic, but it definitely becomes very heightened for some very as major elements of sexual assault that probably shouldn't just be dropped right at the end for you know, a, some kind of um, big theatrical effect. It feels a little bit manipulative the way this this film. I mean, it's called the Mad Woman's Ball, so I mean, I mean. I know, I know, I, but I feel like we could have had, spent more time setting it up. It almost feels like the Mad Woman's Ball itself comes. It'd be the whole act. Exactly, it comes almost yeah. as, as like like a cheap emotional effect I, at the very ending of this story. Could have been, and and remember, it plays out in the language of. Um, Debutante iconography. Um, she alludes at the beginning to wanting to be the be on display society for the first time, and this is the follow through of that. And um, that just as well could have been um, the emphasis on a whole, a much greater portion of the film, even if it was the second act and seeing the fallout from there, as alluded to. So that is the Mad Woman's Ball. It is now streaming on Amazon. Worth is now streaming on Netflix. We'll be back next week. Let us know what you want us to fight about. Um, let us know if any. Uh, any particular films, streaming or otherwise, and stay safe. We look forward to seeing you and seeing you in cinemas before long. Have we a will. Yes, we will. Come October 11, we will be out and about. So hopefully we'll see you in person, in real life. Until then, enjoy movies. Good night. <laughs>